0: Find their written and premium audio content at UTHDynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose.
1: Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now.
0: Welcome to The Helmet. Look at some long-term player value in fantasy football. Got Katie Flower here. I am Chad Parsons, official show of UTHDynasty.com. Fantasy Championship Week. Uh, I don't know about you, Katie. I had a couple of nail biters I don't normally follow along on uh, on monday night but i had some uh, cold sweats on a monday night with the the dolphins and saints game ended up being relatively speaking a fantasy bust but had a couple tight ones uh, one by just a couple points one more Jalen Waddle catch <laughs> and that would have been the end of me um and one of them we had we had one coming down to monday but it was didn't ended up not being overly close but uh have any tails semi-final tails to weave
1: uh- Just, I ended up in eight championships, but I have four or five, four or five that I was the favorite or Tim and I, we were the favorite, but the James Robinson injury early in the game and Mm -hmm. that coupled with a bad Alvin Kamara matchup on Monday night. And that sunk us, that sunk me in, in many. And then also I went up against, I had Alvin Kamara and they had the Miami defense and Kamara didn't do his normal thing, or, or I, I think I ended up losing by five or six. And, you know, he needed a big game from Miami, which he got. I needed a decent game from Kamara, and I did not get. So anyway, eight is not too bad. Um,
0: well, you probably would have split, too, because if, if Kamara had a big game, we were going up against him in point per carry. So we probably would have lost that one, and you would have won your other one. You, know, you there's always I a lot really of like needed, connecting pieces.
1: Yeah, I, I looked at it. If we would, if I would have gotten 18 to 20 points out middle. of Alvin Kamara, then then yeah, I would have had it, okay. and we still would have won in the other league because yeah. they needed 25 from Kamara. So, I gotcha. yeah, I mean, well,
0: and- well, well, I have two, po- I have two questions. First of all, on Alvin, uh, Alvin, Alvin Kamara, what do you feel? Is he someone that you just hey, you start your studs, and he is a stud or do you say it depends who's playing quarterback for the Saints it depends obviously it depends on other match, uh other options at running back but what's your general feeling is it you go back to the well or do you say uh it just it, it's not looking like the Saints team that is conducive to him scoring well
1: if they would have played on Sunday, that would have been a much easier. Uh, right. But because it was Monday, I don't know that Ian Book was named.
0: Well, no, no. no. I mean, league. I mean for this week. So if you if you survived or you're playing in the third right. round, oh, okay. third game. Right. So are you going back to to Kamara in your lineup, or do you say, let me really evaluate this? And obviously, we're not talking, you know, like consider him running back twenty-five or anything. But it's possible that you. Didn't, you know, you considered him an auto start last week and th- this week might be a little more competitive in how you make that decision.
1: Well, I don't know that too many people will have a choice because of COVID and all the people okay. that are being pulled out the injuries. I well, mean, you do. It, well, you do have Daryl
0: Williams. You do have, uh, you know, say Ronald Jones. You do have some options that you might not have had two weeks ago. Um, It depends
1: on if they're on your roster. I'm just saying it depends. It's going to be very roster dependent. Um, I had to start Rex Burkhead in one of my leagues that worked out. That isn't always going to work out. Um, So, yes, if I have to start Alvin Kamara versus I, I guess it would depend. I wouldn't want to start a Philadelphia running back over Alvin Kamara. Well, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I don't think you're going down that deep. But for example, what do you think about him versus, say, Cordero Patterson or Javante Williams or Antonio Gibson? Guys I like would
1: that? start,
0: uh, man. Yeah, it's tough. It, That's what I'm yeah, saying.
1: It, it is tough. And you're going to have to, everybody's going to have to reach down. and The, point, their the, bet.
0: the point is, I don't think Kamara is an auto start going right. into the week. That doesn't mean you won't start him. It just means I don't think he's in the top eight to 10 where you just go, Oh yeah, like I, I didn't even think about that one. I I do think there's, you know, you have Eckler back where you didn't have him a week ago. Um, you know, we feel better about Josh Jacobs or Sony Michelle, you know, than we did maybe three, four, five weeks ago. So so there are more names in the top 10, 12, 15 that make it, you know, and obviously if you're starting four running backs, so you can flex Camaro as your final one. I mean, so but he, but he's the most interesting one as I was going through all the running back kind of situations of like huh, you know, I was going to ask Katie, you know, it's always start your studs. I mean, he absolutely is a stud when you look at his complete body of work, but it might kind of depend on how the week finishes on, you know, just how it looks for the Saints.
1: I do have one interesting story about Kamara. A few weeks ago, an owner who was out of it offered Devontae Adams for a first round pick next year, random first round pick next year or Alvin Kamara for that first round pick. And I, you and I had a conversation. And at that time, Kamara was beat up a little bit. It wasn't even clear if he was going to start. We both thought that Devontae Adams down the stretch would be more, uh, if, if that's what we're looking for is the bang for the buck, take Adams. So we did, took Adams, me and my co-owner accepted that trade. The other person that was offered Kamara for their first took that offer after us. And I kind of felt like I had to act quickly because I felt like this person was shopping to all the owners in the top six and didn't want to end up with only one option. So they got Kamara. We played them in the semifinal, uh, yeah. and we ended up beating them to go to the, to the championship because we had Devonte Adams and they had Alvin Kamara.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing I think to keep in mind, I mean, people assume correctly. I mean, Adams is, is old. Older, but when you look at quality years remaining, it may be pretty close to even between Adams and Kamara. So obviously, I would argue the auto start wide receiver is a a more scarce commodity. Obviously, running back at their peak and they're they're you know churning out uh, healthy, they have probably more impact, but. Wide receiver, you know, and it's a small subset and Adams is inside of it. He absolutely could be having another two or three really, really nice years. And frankly, you wouldn't put any longer of a timetable on, on Camara. So I, and, I, I think a lot of people react to the age thing, but a lot of times, you know, 27 at running back is like 29 or 30 at a wide receiver.
1: And both of those trade offers were a smash, except uh, late first, yeah. especially next year. Oh pass. yeah. And it's not even super flex. Plus, one thing I didn't even mention—I don't think I mentioned to you—this is an empire pot, which has been brewing. There's like fourteen hundred dollars in the empire. So, if we win this year and we win next year, the league is over, and we get that extra bonus. So empire
0: just means back to back.
1: It just yeah, whoever okay. wins back to back. So not three
0: or anything. Okay. So right. so yeah, so you're so that you you you're looking in a shorter uh, keeper type window. You pretty much have to do that of a player valuation you know that so rookie picks carry less value because by the time they mature as players or assets it could be over exactly excellent okay yeah um yeah i just just going back to it i i covered it on running back roundup uh, for for premium subscribers that um I just think Kamara is probably one of the most interesting big names at running back this week in terms of those lineup decisions. Uh, as you said, it's very, very team and option dependent. Uh, so what we're going to do, and we're going to mix in uh, the uh, UTH award show, uh, hopefully next week, we'll, we'll try to get Tim and Jordan and just everyone on the same page trying to find a, a good day and time for a schedule. Uh, first time since the draft usually a couple times a year we with uh the four four amigos four musketeers can get together here but uh, uh but over the next month we're going to mix in this kind of look back and then look ahead at each of the positions and let's start with quarterback so this is going to have some questions we're going to be obviously looking ahead beyond this year we still have one week to go but you know you're setting your you're setting your lineup you're you're maybe making a roster move or two on the waiver wire but that's about it Um, so the quarterback position, um, I wanted to start out by just asking a general question because there's one player that's very highly regarded in dynasty that, well, actually there's more than one, but the one I wanted to start with that is a real struggle for me to rank is Lamar Jackson. And this season has not gone overly well. I don't think anyone is really reacting to the fact that he had a breakout two years ago, he's been a lower running back. I almost said running back. That's that's pretty ironic. Um, uh, he's been a lower QB1 for two years in a row. And I kind of view him like Kyler Murray in the sense of I view them as middle-of-the-road passers, but they're elevated higher than that because of what they do on the ground. And that profile scares me. I really prefer someone like a Herbert or a Mahomes or a Prescott or a Josh Allen where they can run, but they also do a lot through the air. And you wouldn't consider them questionable or a little bit of a liability or just a couple of years from now. I don't know where they're going to sit as an NFL passer. And I feel like with Murray, with Jackson, but Jackson's really having a poor year. And I think it's going under the radar. He got hurt for pretty much the first time in his career. And it just feels like Dynasty is going to give him a pass in the offseason. What are your thoughts on Jackson if it ties in with Murray? But we can just focus on Jackson as the the primary here.
1: Yeah, um, I think that Kyler Murray is a much superior passer to Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts and hasn't used his legs as much this year as he has in the past, but he's still QB3 as far as average points per game. Lamar Jackson, as bad of a season as he's having, and even with the injuries, he's QB five on the year. So that is same thing with Jalen Hurts who ended up QB four for the year on average points. Those guys, the question is, are they sustainable? RG three was not sustainable. Cam Newton was sustainable for a while, but once those legs Once you start getting a few injuries and those legs are no longer there, you have to have a passing game. And of those, I think Kyler Murray is the better passer. Kyler Murray is
0: surely the smarter scrambler. I mean, that's not even a negotiable point, how much he actually saves with getting out of bounds, with, with sliding, being smart.
1: Right, and so you like you can't compare. A lot of people will say, "Well, Josh Allen is a running quarterback." Also, he's thrown for four thousand forty-eight yards and thirty-four touchdowns versus six hundred nineteen yards and four touchdowns. Jalen Hurts gets his fantasy points from scoring touchdowns, like Cam Newton in the in the end zone. He has more rushing touchdowns. He's had uh, ten rushing touchdowns compared to nine passing. No, I'm sorry. 16, six yeah. He's had nine. But still, nine,
0: that ratio is just right. not sustainable. You it's, have to. It's going to eventually drop to four. What happens? You know, next year, like Lamar Jackson, I think has two rushing touchdowns this season. It's a fickle business. Right. I mean, it's not like a goal line back where, hey, we get inside the five, you're going to get a crack or two. Generally, you know, uh, quarterbacks are more random. Other than Cam Newton and maybe Tom Brady at his peak with the goal line sneaks and you know things like that. But I just. Yeah, I, I I always go back to Greg Cosell. You know, eventually you have to win from the pocket within the timing and rhythm of the offense, and that may not be at 25 years old. So so this might be a a moot conversation about Lamar Jackson for now. But what I wonder is, like you said, I mean, another couple of injuries. If he lose, what what, what percent can he lose? And all of a sudden, the overt playmaker and dynamic nature to him running that is an absolute freak show. If that softens, what percent? And all of a sudden, you're looking at, well, he's just a mobile guy. He's just a strong mobile quarterback. He's not the elixir, you know. He's not the superhero. I mean, is that 10 percent, 15? Is it two more injuries? So I, I just—that's the part that gives me pause because you have these other guys like Mahomes or Prescott. Like, there's plenty of guys that, if they are slower, if they are less dynamic with their running. It's like it's a factor, but it's not like all of a sudden we have concerns about them hanging in the NFL for another 3 to 5 years. And I think with Lamar Jackson you legitimately would.
1: Yeah, and you got an old 44-year-old Tom Brady who is right. QB6 on the year and has 4580 yards with 37 touchdowns. 81 rushing yards. So you don't have to be a rushing quarterback to be successful. Aaron Rodgers, same fantasy, thing. Yeah. As a fantasy quarterback. Yeah. Uh, and that's I, – I, I think that Joe Burrow, for example, he's a great passer. He's, he's really finding the balance. 4,165 yards with 30 touchdowns and only 108 yards as rushing. He can – get out of the pocket. He's right. mobile enough, but yet he isn't being used as a running quarterback. He's using his arm. He's an accurate passer. He's going to have a sustainable lifespan in the NFL and he's a smart, heady quarterback.
0: Right. Yeah, so so the real nexus point of of my rankings that is pretty fluid is about QB 5 or 6 through let's call it 10, 11, 12. And that includes a big bucket of guys like Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson's in that bucket, Joe Burrow, Stafford, um, you know, even Rogers. If you're a, if you're a, you know, obviously not a rebuilding team, which no one in late December, January should really be rebuilding. Uh, you're, you're just looking ahead to next year, like everybody else is. Uh, but that sort of big bucket. I find the, the key questions are what we're kind of discussing with Lamar Jackson. Obviously, the the off field stuff and when will we see Deshaun Watson play what team will that be on but quarterbacks elevate their team so it's not and that's not the biggest of importance of like where does he go you would just want a, a quasi stable infrastructure but Burrow is another one that it's it feels like he's going to get there and what i mean by there is have a a higher QB1 season and sort of be on his way once a guy gets into the top 6 a couple times They're pretty, you know, like Herbert is on track to do like, he's certainly on that track, Mahomes, Dak Prescott, like, so once you get there, you're kind of good to go. You're on autopilot for an analysis point of point of view, but for Burrow, this is really going to be a lower level hit this year, but, and it's his first one. So obviously positive signs. He's set up infrastructure wise with quality weapons but he's not all the way there. So he kind of feels a little bit like Justin Herbert a year ago, where you say he's not there yet on what you would like, but the optics are certainly positive of saying, I'm highly confident he gets there. I have a feeling like there's going to be people in startups taking burrow at like QB, I don't know, four, five, six, because they're like, well, he's young and he's he's great. And I want to be early as opposed to getting queued and waiting another two, three, four spots in the quarterback pecking order. Does that feel like, would you be aggressive with Burrow? If people were asking you questions about Burrow early this offseason? do you say, yeah, just be aggressive there? Cause I know you typically say wait on quarterback, but he strikes me as the type that you can't wait.
1: I would agree with that. Uh, he has proven to me enough in his two years And they've built those weapons around him. That's the key. You've got two young wide receivers. The team itself, the defense is getting better. He is a smart quarterback. His passing is there. And, yes, he's QB 11 on average for this year, but people are going to remember the 40 points that put him in the semifinal or put them in the championship because Joe Burrow had a big week this week, and that's one of the last things they're going to think about, I think he will absolutely be up there with the top five or six. People are not going to take Tom Brady, even though he finished QB six. They're not going to take Aaron Rodgers that early. They're not going to take Matt Stafford. So Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, and
0: Jalen Hurts.
1: <laughs> I think Jalen Hurts in startups. Yes. He because he's QB four. He's, he's going to go
0: like he's going to go like top six, seven, eight.
1: I think he will.
0: That he, is unbelievable.
1: I think he will. Ooh. And that, I think it's a mistake, but Ooh. Joe Burrow. Of guy, a
0: guy averaging like one passing touchdown a game.
1: I know. <laughs> wow.
0: I know. But, I know. I know you're saying what will happen, not necessarily what should happen.
1: Right. And that's just surprising. Joe, Joe Burrow will be up there in that conversation with those, with those guys. And that means that guys, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, even Dak Prescott will fall a little bit more. Kirk Cousins is still a steal.
0: People were writing off Aaron Rodgers two, three years ago. I know. What are they they going to do now? I mean, it's freaking stealing. He's 38. He's going to be 38 in the offseason. That's freaking stealing. If he goes outside, if there's two digits to what quarterback number he's going, it's stealing. Yeah. Wow. Um, Okay, let me ask you about another tough to rank player, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So from what you said, Burrow is going to go decently higher than Lawrence. But Lawrence Lawrence has that Debbie cachet, that phenom from when he got into college. Obviously not a phenom in the NFL with how this season transpired. It was pretty much sideways from the start. But he's going to get a lot of passes as 101 by being Trevor Lawrence and by Jacksonville having yet another factory reset coming this offseason to clear the slate, clear the pallet. I'm going to have a real... I, I can't see just the way I draft, but just if people ask me questions, I just think Lawrence, for as much as I think he can spin it, to if he, if he ends up miring it like QB 20 next year, which would still be higher than he, he's doing this year, and that's that's a nice step up and Jacksonville could be on the right path to being sneaky decent and you know a trajectory that you want even if like you're going to give up so much points with where he's going versus a lot of the old guard and guys that are 30 plus in that same range i can't imagine Lawrence falling outside what qb 15 to 18 at a minimum and he's probably going to be higher than that
1: I don't know that he will be that much higher than that. Okay. He ended up. Uh,
0: he's in the deep of the 20s. He's Yeah, He's below well.
1: Mac Jones. He's below Baker Mayfield. And, oh, yeah. and he's below Jared Goff. Yeah, he's going to go way before Jared Goff. He's going to yeah. go way before Baker Mayfield. He's going to go way before Carson Wentz. Um, so he, I think he will end up in that Kirk well, Cousins, Derek Carr, right. Russell Wilson kind of round. Round and that's for g- round 5 of a superflex. And that's going to be based six.
0: on team approach, right? I mean, so if you're if you're sitting there and you know, you you want to take big swings, that type of person's going to take Lawrence and then others would would take the veteran.
1: Right. Yeah, there's going to be more and more and I've said this before, I'll say it again, but more and more when it comes to superflex, if you have one good anchor quarterback then it doesn't really matter who your second quarterback you can you Do can you, have two or three others and just pick the matchups and eventually hopefully you'll hit on somebody that can be your qb to your second quarterback
0: can you define it yeah, can, can you define an anchor
1: an what's anchor a, what's, like josh what's, allen what's a, okay josh allen uh patrick mahomes joe burrow
0: So, so is there is there is there an an age to that? Like, is Matt Stafford considered an anchor?
1: No, Matt Stafford would be more of that value QB two. Okay, I think so. They need Uh, so they need to be on on the younger side. I'm sorry. Is that part?
0: Do they need to be on the younger side? Is that part of it?
1: Well, to to be considered an anchor, yes. And if you can't get one of those anchor quarterbacks, don't reach for somebody like Tuatunga Bailoa or Trevor Lawrence as your anchor in the second or third round. If if in the first round you don't have a shot at one of those first three or four guys, then I go just the opposite. Then I get value guys like the Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill. Get three of those guys.
0: You just pivot, yeah.
1: And right, and you'll be, and and you'll then, be just and then hope to hit on a rookie sometime in the near future that can be your anchor uh, that you get at rookie prices that you've earned, not that you've uh, squandered away draft capital to trade up to get that shot.
0: So just to follow up and play devil's advocate, so why at Stafford at thirty four or Russell Wilson? We didn't include Russell Wilson, so maybe he is or he isn't. But at thirty three, so why? So why are they not? worthy of is it more than like a three to five year trajectory is that is that the for for an anchor qualifier
1: I'm just saying, an anchor is somebody that you get in round one. You're not going to get Matthew Stafford in round one.
0: Oh, I didn't know it was the draft capital part. Okay. Yeah, so okay. I thought I thought you start. could still get an anchor in round four. I don't know.
1: No, <laughs> no, you can't. Okay. Get an, you can you can still get a very solid okay. middle of the road. And I like to pair an anchor with a value like a Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, Ryan Tannehill right. type guy as my QB two, and then go for somebody that is an undervalued forgotten guy uh, later down the road.
0: Does Tannehill get a pass for this year because of the Julio and A.J. Brown being out so much and Derrick Henry as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, he wasn't far off the average. If you look at the guys from QB 13 down to QB 21, which is where Ryan Tannehill is, they're all within a point of each other. Okay. So yeah, I would I'm say just asking that- I mean
0: cuz he cuz let's be fair until I think he had a year and a half right he had part of 2019 and then 2020 where it was like oh good times are here but in Miami and I know a lot of people view Miami as just well no one was going to succeed so we give Tannehill a pass but other than that year and a half I mean Tannehill's been really NFL baseline in his career so I just some people view you know I I think he's relatively polarizing and People that consider this the down year, or this is more of the who he actually is.
1: He hasn't put up a stinker game all season. He's had he's he's not gonna be your anchor, but he is a good value quarterback two or quarterback Cause three because he's probably and, gonna
0: drift into the twenties pretty easily in terms of the startup. Yeah,
1: right. So that's why I'm saying if you get an anchor in round one and then get a drop anywhere from round four to round six, you're trading back. You're trading back and you get extra picks in that four to six range, then you can get a
0: juicy look. Yeah. I mean, you'll get, I mean, when you consider guys like maybe Matt Ryan as like a worst or, or Tannehill as like worst case scenarios. I mean, that's not a, that's not a bad spot to be.
1: Yeah. And every year there's always going to be somebody that's undervalued and whether it's Derek Carr or Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson has had a horrible, horrible year, but yet he's only on average, him and him and Ryan
0: Tannehill are almost exactly the same. I've been, you know, this is from a a sneaky decent perspective and I know it didn't come out with like some QB 15 finish or anything, but Jared Goff, when I've watched the lions, which is every week, but I mean, uh, Jared Goff in a bad situation, like everyone thought it was, it was horrible. He's posted like he's been functional. He's kept that offense afloat. And I've just been impressed with the lions as a team with, with doing a lot based on what they have, which is not a whole lot. And I think golf is that type that watch him fall absolutely through the floor to like QB 35 or 40. Like people are going to not want that stink anywhere near them. But if you can get him as like a discount QB three, I mean, I that's the type of profile that it's, he's still going to be around and kicking like, 3 years from now and with where he's going to go in the startup it just and generally be valued in the market that to me is a is a profile buy where you go you know is he going to be with Detroit is he going to be somewhere else he's going to get way more shots than he currently has had uh, that's a, that that to me is a given
1: yeah absolutely and i think that he will be one of those undervalued guys that even at his age, people won't take him in a startup, I would guess, round, beyond round 10.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, because we normally saw, I think last year, wasn't it like the Ben Roethlisberger type that was going round 10 to 12 or 13 or 14 at times, where it's just no one wants to touch him. And guess what? Someone in that zone, especially if you were, you didn't draft quarterback aggressively earlier. You just stumble into, a again, a, a, a known starter for the current year. And then there's house money beyond that point. Obviously, Big Ben is looking like a one-year play. Um, but someone like a golf fall, falling in that zone could be even better because you could have a lens of way more than just one season. Um, I was going to ask you about the, the rest of the rookie class. So we talked a little bit about Trevor Lawrence. Uh, we talked about Mac Jones, I think, more than the other. Maybe Zach Wilson is a little bit. But uh, it, it's it's not looking great from a historical perspective. I know it's year one. The sample size needs to grow, of course, and some of these guys like Trey Lance hasn't played a whole lot. Zach Wilson was hurt. What are your feelings in terms of beyond Lawrence, who's going to go, you know, the highest of everybody, has who has made a move from just what you've seen this year and how you would stack them? Or where's the value play beyond Lawrence in startups or trading? Like What what do you kind of sense would be the the value play of the consensus?
1: I think Trevor Lawrence will still be the first of this class off the board with a close second, Justin Fields. And then it's going to be tough to peg. I think a lot of people are out on Zach Wilson. Even with the injuries, he hasn't looked great. And I think the value play though is going to be Mac Jones. I think a lot of people will look at him as just a statue in the backfield. They didn't give him the full reins. He's not a running quarterback, but he is mobile enough. And he's a smart guy. I think they put better weapons around him. And as he grows into that offense and does feel his oats a little bit, he's smart. He's got a good arm. He's got a better arm than people give him credit for. I think he's going to be a value uh, of this class. Trey Lance is hard to peg again, just because we haven't seen him. If he puts up a good game with Jimmy Garoppolo out, and this is late in the season and it's the last thing people remember, he right. could very easily shoot up boards above all the other rookies in next year's uh yeah. startup drafts.
0: Did um yeah, Mac Jones, he's had three or four runs this year where he's got a little pop, a little juice to him, and he gets outside the pocket like any of these other quarterbacks. And no, it's not quite as fast, but he gets up to speed and he can get five to 10 yards. You know, if you're going to give it to him and he gets out of bounds and he can do it. And I think he does enough. He's not going to be Peyton Manning. He's not going to be Eli Manning where these guys really, Philip Rivers, they really didn't run almost exclusively, like even early in their career. they just. I think Mac Jones offers more than that. I think we've said before, add add a notable wide receiver or two, and, you know, maybe is it getting James White back? Is it getting, you know, a more pass centric, not that Ramondre Stevenson or Damian Harris are, are bad in the passing game, but give them a more dynamic option in that, you know, it, it, coming out of the backfield. I think that that's going to unlock. And you just give them another year in the system and a stable organization. Yeah. I think, I think he easily could be, he could be number one or number two coming out of this class. If we look back five years from now, and I, I, like you, like you're saying, I, I think Lance goes ahead of him. I think Fields goes ahead of him. I think at minimum he's going to be QB four off of startup boards, and so, he was
1: QB five in right. rookie drafts. Yeah. <laughs> so he hasn't he hasn't changed a lot yet. He's had arguably the best season. For Seriously,
0: it, it feels like he's Rodney Dangerfield in the sense of like, what did you want him to do? You know, I mean, like a lot of a lot of these, like, what did it? What would it take? Because He's been doing a lot, a lot more of all the rookies, especially. I mean, he is doing more from the pocket and running an actual offense, not getting by and not having that, uh, you know, just bailout for I'm going to run. I'm going to look better fantasy wise than NFL wise because I'm going to run. And uh, yeah, so I, I just feel like he's actually ahead of the game because he's actually being successful with the traits and with. The passing game skill set you need to survive and thrive five to ten years from now. And the other guys, it feels like it's scattershot of what am I seeing? That that felt like a random play that was successful. And then, you know, you see them go in the tank and look horrible for a whole quarter. And then it's like you see another, oh, look at him scramble, and then he throws this rocket across his body. It's like, yeah, but where was he just reading the defense and throwing the, you know, the route and the read on third and sixth and converting? Where was that for an hour at a time during the game? That's the frustrating part. It's so difficult to see how close or far they are because it's so sporadic with uh, with their play. Um, is there anybody that had a notable down year this year that you just, you're not even really reacting to it? I, I trust their profile long-term. And whether it was situation or maybe it was just touchdown or interception regression or confluence of factors where you say, I'm not worried about them at all, even though this year didn't work out overly well.
1: I think Russell Wilson would be a candidate for that. I think right. that the Seahawks are dumpster fire. They've got some great weapons, but it, it, they're not being used. It, the, the whole team, it, it just doesn't feel like there needs to be a coaching change or some kind of real come-to-Jesus meeting with with everybody. So Russell Wilson didn't live up to his standards, and I think Tuatunga Mayaloa is another one that didn't have the greatest starts to the year, but now he's starting to come on, and you can see his potential, his future. I like the guy, I, I am not giving up on him. He didn't even, even with the good finish to the season, he's quarterback 23 on the season, and I think he could take this was arguably his rookie season because of the injury that he had coming out of college into the NFL. So if you look at it as he's going into a second year next year, his second full year, he's somebody I wouldn't overlook in drafts.
0: You know, I just thought of it because Russell Wilson, the thing that's missing is the touchdowns. He's still avoiding interceptions. He's been good at that his whole career. Um, He's been, below the the interception rate average of the NFL for all but like one or two seasons total. But this is a a pretty bad touchdown rate season for him. It reminds me of, remember, was it two or three years ago when Aaron Rodgers fell to like round four or five of startup drafts, it was that year where he had 25 touchdowns, which was you know 10 10 off from his typical rate or whatever. But he only threw like two interceptions. And Russell Wilson's going to finish with something in the like, Low to mid twenties for touchdowns and like five or six interceptions, and it feels eerily similar that Russell Wilson is going to get banged down by the marketplace because it's like, but he he's one year removed from forty touchdowns, like so. I I, I think Russell Wilson might end up being if I see, I mean, I'm just going to hit that that uh, smash button over and over, that draft button over and over again with Russell Wilson because if he ends up going, like I have him firmly in the top ten still. And I have a feeling he's going to drift into the teens pretty easily in startup drafts. And I mean, my final point, uh, and then I'll pass it to you for some final thoughts or just closing up quarterback here. But um, it seems like two or three years in a row now, and I don't think this trend is going to change. you, You really don't have to reach on quarterback or like you said go for you know an unproven guy in the second or third round if you miss out on some of the top guys or don't want to go for the top guys at the top of the board cuz round 4 through 7 or 8 5 through 8 that zone was so rich last year and i think every year is going to be the case who are those guys in their 30s or 40s that you say i trust and their profile is such you should not be discounting them like this and They can provide multiple years, if not three to five, and 33, 35 years old, they're being protected more than ever in the NFL. And when you're going to discount guys like Russell Wilson for a blip down year when he was like, you know, QB 15 to 18, something like that this year. And it's like, oh, well, the previous eight years meant nothing, you know, and now that one is the one that matters. Like you said, I mean, just it's not, Seattle is not going well. (laughs) And so, so it, it can drag down quarterback easily with it. All those factors just mean the mid rounds are juicy yet again in startup drafts because the, the down year from a player that was previously highly productive for years on end and the player that is going to be age discounted inappropriately because it's protecting the NFL more than ever. Those two things coming together and people chasing youth at a position where I would argue youth is the least important being Absolutely. 25 versus 30. Or being twenty three versus twenty nine, that matters so little at quarterback. Of projecting out ten to fifteen years, um, so that would be my final point. That just be just go through profiles, but also be flexible with your tiers, because I think you'll be surprised. Because if you if you take two quarterbacks really high, you might miss out on the best values. Because if you're drafting QB three, four, five in Because they're the best player available in round six and seven and nine, you kind of lose a little bit of that value because you were drafted aggressively before that. Whereas if you can wait a little bit, knowing that that's going to be a fertile zone, you can benefit more because they're going to be higher in your depth chart and not only best player available, but, but best starter that you're drafting for your lineup as well.
1: Absolutely. My final thoughts. Uh, just good luck to everybody in your championships. Uh, big shout out to our buddy Jeff North of the Border. He said that he had eight teams and he made the play. He made the championship in all eight leagues. So congrats. He's a he's a valued listener. I've gotten notes from many listeners with thank you for helping them throughout the year. You're quite welcome. Go get them. Good luck, and uh, you know. <laughs> Just make those gut calls. They're hard. I have to do it too. But good luck to you.
0: Absolutely. Enjoy it. Enjoy the watch. Um, wanted to give a shout out to Andrew uh, Callio. He is a longtime super fan. He ended up winning the uh, UTH eliminator. Um, Jordan and I got to. I think we were eliminated a couple of weeks ago. We usually make it pretty deep. And um, Andrew Callio ended up taking it down this past week. Uh, do you recall, Katie? Who won? Uh, who won your eliminator? Just offhand
1: Uh, Ryan.
0: Okay. Yeah. So congrats Ryan uh, for taking down uh, Katie and Tim uh, in that side. Um, Also for the UTH best ball contest, we have Grant taking it down. This is his second time with the high score in the last five weeks. He is currently uh, in first place overall in the contest. He's been, he's actually pulling away. You know, we have one week left. He's up by about 55 or so over Matthew Wheatcamp. So this thing is going to be tough, but still contested, uh, especially two through two through about five or six. Um, that is is in flux, but stable. So shout out to Grant for his second title of the uh weekly title had sony michelle rocking he's got ronald jones going late in the year devin singletary's been a high market share guy he got antonio brown back this past week jalen wattle has been huge for him and he's been playing tight end by committee and it's it's all worked out for grant we'll see if we're uh shouting him out next week as the overall champion in the best ball contest but uh but taking down week 16 and we may be talking about him again next week so congrats, Grant. And uh for Katie, uh you can you can talk to her about your week 17 as well as all the off-season subjects. We're kind of dabbling into it now with each position, but exciting times. She is at ff underscore Schuyler 399 I am at Chad Parsons NFL reminder. If you want to support the show, go to uh uth got the trade calculator um, updated for most of the skill positions and the full rollover going to have the, the big board out early in January for the 2022 rookie class going to be a fun year as well. You're going to get a lot of premium shows like Katie and I being at the senior bowl uh, coming up in four or five weeks um, as well as all that rookie content and startup draft to have your best drafting season ever. So I'm Chad Parsons. She is Katie Flower. Until next time, never settle. Refuse to be average and keep building those fantasies. This is like at a, a poker table when you're like, you feel so bad that you give them their money back just to take it within the next hour again.